Thank you, choir, reminding us all. We all have a story. And don't think your story is, well, my mind's just like everybody else's, no, it isn't. Of all the people who are in this room right now, every one of our stories are different. And as the choir has sung that and Robbie shared his testimony, it's a challenge to all of us to tell our story to somebody. You know, when uh, everywhere I ever have been or have gone, if I say, How? I, I want to tell you what happened to me, everybody stops. They want to hear what happened. So you can tell your story. And you never know what your story might do for that person. That might be the the ticket to get them to accept Christ. That might be the ticket to get them to come back to the Lord. And that's what the message is about today. As we think about it and turn in our Bibles to the the book of James chapter 4 verses 7 through 10. James chapter 4 verses 7 through 10. Things to do if we're going to have a, a, a rally with Jesus, okay? It's important that we rally with Jesus, that we get with him and find out where he wants us to go and to be and to do and what part of our story that he wants us to tell. James 4, beginning with verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Amen. You may be seated. Things to do if if we expect to have a rally with Jesus. I want to give you five. They're simple. Uh, But there are things that we need to understand and do. Now, some of you aren't coming. I'm not fussing. I'm not griping. I'm just speaking the truth. I ask you before October to make and mark your calendar to be here for the services every night in October. We have five Sundays and a, a different preacher every night. And we've already had two. And we've got three to go. And I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you to come back on Sunday night. God will truly bless you if you do. He's promised to bless us if we're obedient unto him. And he says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. So there you have it. Now listen, if we, wanna, if we want to, to get in on this program, get in on this ministry that Jesus has for us, when we think about those things, what does it mean? It means to return. It means to restore our consciousness. You know, does your conscience bother you? Hey, it bothers me. My conscience bothers me. If I get out of line, it bothers me. It, through the Holy Spirit of God, I must return and be restored. And not only that, also to become more active, okay? Um, all of our deacons and, and, and myself, we have a deacon book, okay? And uh, every day I look at that calendar, the birthday calendar, because I've, I count it a privilege, y'all, to be able to call you, and if Lynn's available, that when you answer the phone, that we sing happy birthday to you. Now, I know we're probably not in tune, all right? And I'm going to keep my day job, all right? I don't think I can make it as a singer, but I count it a privilege, an honor to you to be able to call you and to sing 
happy birthday to you. But what bothers me is when I look down through that list there and I thumb through the deacon book to get your phone number is it, when it says inactive. And I'm thinking, I look back and I'll, I'll say something like, Lynn, that person's 40 years old. They ought to know better. Why are they inactive? You know, it doesn't make any sense to me why any Christian, now listen, I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about people who say, oh, I love God. Why are you inactive? You'll have to answer that one day. Why are we inactive? Now, I'm not talking about people who are sick today. I'm not talking about some of our souls that have to work today. I'm not talking about those who might be on vacation today. I'm talking about those who, who are not working, not sick, not on vacation. And they just thought, well, I don't feel like going today. I'm thinking, well, I hope you feel better tomorrow because it's work day. You know, if we attended our jobs like we attend church and, are, and being active, hey, we wouldn't have one. We wouldn't have one. We need to return. We need to flourish again. Remember what David said? Restore. I don't believe he was saying, Lord, I wish you'd restore my joy. I believe he was begging God. I believe he was in tears. Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation because I don't feel like I used to feel concerning the lost. Remember Brother Bobby last Sunday night talking about that burden. A burden for one lost person. Listen, what if, what if every person in this room right now that you are a member of this church brought one person with you tonight or next Sunday or anytime? Bring one with you. My question to you is this, and it is to me, what am I doing for God? Am I doing anything for God? Oh, I have the blessing every time we eat. Well, praise God. Well, if I get in trouble, I call on him. Hey, he wants to hear from us every day. Every day. Can't call my daddy anymore. I can't call my mama anymore because it done left this world. But I didn't do it justice. I had the opportunity. I could have called them every day, 35 miles away. I could pick up the telephone and call them, but I did it once a week. Once. But they knew, hey, mama, mama would say, don't, daddy would say, both say, don't worry about it. I know you got to church. And you know what? I robbed, I robbed my mama of a lot of things because I put the church before my family. Now you listen and you understand me this morning. God is first. There is nobody above him. There is nobody that deserves to be first other than God. Hello? Well, what's second? Family. God instituted the family before he did the church. And the church is third. So we need to understand that, that God is expecting us and wanting us to return. He's wanting us to come back to our first love. James 4, 8 says, and when you draw near to God, God's going to draw near to you. Listen, you can have all of God you want, all of it. And the closer you get to God, the more he's going to bless you. 
And the closer you get to God, the devil is going to kick harder. Now, listen, the devil don't kick the lost. He's already got them. He, he's kicking at you and me. That's why the Bible says there uh, in that seventh verse, resist. Well, you know, a resistor on anything keeps from all that power jumping in there at one time and burning up something, okay? That resistor hinders it. We need to resist the devil. It says that if we do, he will flee from us, all right? Now, that's a simple introduction, okay? So number one, if, if we're going to have a rally and get right with God and do what he's asking us to do, we need to have communion with God, communion. And I'm not talking about the Lord's Supper, communion. I'm talking about conversation. Give yourself humbly to God. Or have a quality time with God every day. And now listen, you're not any busier, you're not any more busier than I am, okay? You're no busier than I am. We all got 24 hours in a day. I heard one man say, you know, we're so busy, but I, I, he said, I found me a, 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 a CD. And he said, I put that in my, my vehicle every morning, and it, it gives a devotional, okay? I don't have a problem with that. In the truck by yourself, hey, talk to God, quality time. That's what he's wanting. He's wanting quality time. Listen, what, what if God gave me as much time as I give him? I'm going to tell you, we wouldn't have breath to breathe. We'd be begging our heart to beat one more time. It's important that we have communion with God. Have that quality time with him. Think like God thinks. You know what he thinks? Positive. Positive. I don't like negative stuff, but sometimes it comes. It, it is just, it's just there. And I find myself sometimes being negative. We don't need to be negative. We, if we're negative at the wrong time around the lost person, it can cause them to be checked off. We need that quality time. We need to think like God. And if we're going to have communion with God, we don't need to worry. You hear me? It is a sin to worry. I've heard people say, I've worried all day long about this. Well, you sinned all day long. Don't worry. Be concerned. Be concerned. There's a fine line there. A fine line. And to me, I don't care how old your youngins get, you still worry. You could need to be concerned about them. Remember what Job prayed? Remember Job prayed for his children? He said, I know, I know they're up there in that house and they're sinning and God, I'm calling on you to forgive them. He was concerned about his children. If we're gonna have a rally with Jesus. We've gotta have communion with God. Second thing is, we gotta have a confronta confrontation with Satan. As I said earlier, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, uh, Cassie's going to put up Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. Will show us how to resist Satan. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
put on. Now, this is what you got to do. This is what I've got to do. It takes effort here. Listen, put on the whole, not part of it, put on the whole armor of, the, of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you that which armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And that's where we are, guys. Listen, we're in an evil day and having done all to stand. And if we've done that, then he says, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, listen to this, above all, above all he's just said, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. That's our job. That's our duty. You can't put on part of it. You got to put all of it on. If you're going to be able to stand, let me tell you something. You and I are no match for the devil. If he attacked our Lord Jesus Christ, and he did, you and I are nothing. We must, we must have communion with God and a confrontation uh, with Satan. But listen, Cassie, uh, you put up Ephesians six eighteen one one more time. It says, praying always. Pray without ceasing. No, I don't mean you go around just audibly praying out loud, but have a prayer on your heart, thinking, hey, I'm here because of who God is. Praying always with all prayer, supplication, begging God in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Praying for one another, bearing, helping bear one another's burdens. Because, hey, all of us have burdens. I mean, there may not be a burden to, to some lost person, but we all have burdens. I mean, they, there is four people, specifically four people on our prayer list right now at home that are suffering with cancer. One of them, they said they, there is no cure for this stuff. I mean, it is incurable. Well, let me tell you something. If I had an incurable disease, and the doctor said, it's useless to do surgery, I'd say, you cut me open, son, anyhow. I mean, what have I got to lose here? Find out what's going on in there. Many people are suffering. They're they're afraid. They're frightened. And the devil has got them right where he wants them. I'm talking about Christians. Have communion with God. A confrontation with Satan. Thirdly, listen. He talks about in the scripture of of having clean hands and a a pure heart. In verse 8. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. But listen to this. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. He's talking to all of us here because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. 
washing, cleansing, that cleansing our hands, external behavior, external behavior, how I act out in public, what I say when my mouth flies open, that external, that external, our hands, cleansing our hands is the external, but he also makes mention of there, uh, of the heart, that's internal, internal behavior. You see, God knows my heart. He knows your heart. He knows if my heart is right or not right. He knows what we think before we think. Isn't that something? Before we think, he knows what we are thinking. The hairs of our very head are all numbered. It's amazing to me what God will do if we will resist the devil and draw near to God. It's the opposite thing here. Resist and draw. Go toward God. Run toward God. I think of Joseph in the Bible. That woman enticed him, but he ran and ran out of his coat. (laughs) Yes, he suffered. Yes, he went to prison, but God knew his heart. You see, it don't make much no difference where I am or what happens to me. God knows my heart. If I have a terrible auto accident, hey, God knows my heart. If I'm diagnosed with some disease, God knows my heart. It is important to have communion with God if we're going to have a good rally with Jesus. Communion. And the confrontation with Satan. In other words, I, I feel this way. I just sometimes, I get so ill and aggravated with him, I want to tell the devil, just go to hell because that's where you're going. It seems like it can't happen soon enough. Cleanse your hands, your heart. A fourth thing, have concern over sin. Verse 9, be afflicted and mourn and weep. I'm I'm asking me when's the last time I cried over sin. You ask yourself that. When's the last time you cried over sin? You know, I don't know where you stand. It don't make no difference. But I've never in all my years from, from President Eisenhower all the way up to now, I've never, ever seen our president being attacked every day. Have you? Every day he's attacked by some nitwit. And that's mild. That's why I pray for I pray for President Trump. Every day I pray for him. I pray for protection over him. You say, I don't like what he does. That's okay, he's our president. Like it or not. The Bible tells us we're to, we're to pray for those in high office. Pray for his leadership. Listen, let me tell you something. If God can speak to a donkey, if God can speak to a rooster, if God can bring water out of a rock, he can put words in Trump's mouth and his mouth will fly open and it'll come out and he won't even understand what's going on. It can happen. Concern over sin. That, that, that verse is what he's saying. Let, let tears fall for the wrong. 
Tears for the wrong things that have been done. Let there be sorrow and sincere grief. He's saying come to grips with unconfessed sin. Hey, it's football season. I don't have to tell you that. Every time you turn TV on, flipping, flopping channels, it's well, football, football, football. Hey, it don't take but one person on a football team out of bounds or crossing over that line to penalize what? The entire team, right? The entire team. It don't take but one outside, out of bound church member to penalize First Baptist Church. God's in control. It's not this preacher. You understand? I am not in control. This is not my church. I have just been called here to be your pastor, okay? So don't go out of here and say, oh, we go to Kenny Owens' church. No, you don't. You go to God's house where Kenny Owen is a pastor. And by the way, he's human. <laughs> he forgets. <laughs> he gets out of line sometimes. I mean, you know, I try not to have a spell except out in the shop somewhere. I just want, I just want to haul off and just kick something. Or sling something, you know. But I try to make sure ain't nobody around. Uh-huh. Yeah. I... I saw our preacher throwing a fit and pitching a spell. <laughs> Either one of them's dangerous if you got people around you. <laughs> oh, I had a good time, wasn't it? Why don't you remember what night it was? We went to the volleyball game. <laughs> I had a good time just watching people. <laughs> I won't call his name, he's sitting over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I did. I had the biggest time watching, watching people. And it's okay. Hey, I, didn't know, I don't understand volleyball, but I hollered and hooted for something or other. I don't know what, I just hollered. Because <laughs> I enjoyed watching the girls play. I don't even know where I was at, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But sin, sin, you know what the Bible says? Sin, when it is finished, brings forth what? Death. Bottom line is this old body is going to die. This old body is going to lay down and give up the ghost. They're going to put it in a box, and I'm trying to get the box built before I go, okay? They're going to put it in a box, and they're going to seal it up, and they're going to put it in the ground. The spot's already picked out now, and the tomb rocks are sitting there. Got my birth date on it. It ain't got no death date on it yet. But I'm in that dash. I'm in the middle there. I'm a going forward there. And I hope when I, when I keep make that last kick or lay that last brick or preach that last sermon, that it'll be well with my soul. Well with my soul. I want to pick five people out of this congregation. And when I call your name, I want you up here. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't say, is he talking to me? I mean, you know, it's amazing. I mean, you'd be talking to somebody and looking them right in the eye and hear them say, are you talking to me? Well, no, I'm talking to the dishwasher. exactly who I'm talking about here. My soul. Matt, come up here, please. Phil. Austin. Both of them. Come on. 
I want one Austin on one side and one Austin on the other side. We're going to have a tug of war, and they're going to see if they can pull this coat off of me. I'm just joking. <laughs> All right, I need, a, I need a girl. Let me see. Don't raise your hand. Quit poking one another. Janice, you come on up here. Now, I'm going to give you something. You just hang on to it, okay? I'm talking about returning. I'm talking about coming back to God, okay? That's what I'm talking about. Janice has got a, a, a real live RC bottle. Raise your hand if you remember RC in a glass bottle. All right? Put your hands down. Austin here, he's got a, hold it up, Austin. He's got a Pepsi bottle that's in the 50s, okay? This Pepsi bottle is embossed. It says Pepsi Cola on it, not counting that label. How many of you bought a Pepsi like that? Would you raise your hand? All right? Phil right here, he's got the original. Where's Rusty? He's got the original Mountain Dew bottle. On that bottle, it says it'll tickle your innards. <laughs> right? Right, Phil? There it is right there. It'll tickle your innards. An old boy pops the top and he's shot through his hat. <clears throat> On the other side of the bottle, it's got an old boy. He popped the top and it shot the outhouse and he comes out of the outhouse. They don't even have that anymore. Mac right here has got a Dr. Pepper that is embossed on it, 10, 2, and 4. How many of you all remember that bottle? Little what? I think it's a 6, maybe a 6 ounce over there. Uh... Austin, he's holding a real live Coke. This Coke, and I'm not exaggerating, this is from the 50s, all right? It has been rebottled so many times, you can tell it's, been, it's just worn. Read what it says on the bottom of that bottle. Okay, and let's see, I think Mac Yor says something. Hello? Huh? Greenville. That is tells where the bottles were made. Now, y'all tell me something. What does all five of these bottles have in common? Huh? They're what? Oh, no, no, who told you that? Bad for you. Well, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm trying to get out of here. All right, what do these bottles have in common? Huh? They're old. They're glass. But when I bought, let me have this right. When I bought this as a child, I gave five cents for it. Remember, how many remember that? Come on, don't be sitting there. You old, you know it. <laughs> five cents. Let me ask you a question. Listen up. Five cents, okay? Several of these. Hey, five cents. Five cents. Now, this one here cost me a dime. Cost me a dime. But the guy behind the counter would always ask a question. I knew what the drink cost, five cents. What was the question he asked? Deposit. Deposit. And I remember putting up one cent, two cents, three cents, and it went crazy from there. 
why did they want to charge a deposit on that bottle? Well, you bring it back. Just set them on that counter over as you leave the stage, please. Just set them over there. They wanted you to come back. They gave you an incentive to come back. What I'm saying to you guys, listen, God wants us to come back. You know, as a daddy, I'm satisfied. God was saying, I'm, I'm tired of my youngins being gone. I want them to come back. I want them to come back. I can feel that. I can sense that, you know. But our children, listen, our children must go make a living. Our children are not going to live at home all the time. And you need to tell your youngins, if they're 20, 25, 30 years old, hey, uh, you got any idea when you might, you know? (laughs) Amen. I thought somebody might say that. But God wants us to return. He's already, listen, he has already made the deposit through his son, Jesus Christ. It's already paid, guys. But he wants us to come back. I remember as a child riding my bicycle down the road on the shoulder, mostly looking for bottles on my way to the store. Before I got to the store, I could pick up enough bottles. When I got there, I could buy me a drink and a moon pie. Hey, as far as I'm concerned, that was free. That was free. I despised it when they started making aluminum cans. I mean, this messed me up. But I bought a mini of RC, Pepsi, Mountain Dew, Coke, Dr. Pepper. Still doing it. Still alive. May die tomorrow. If I do, I hope I got a Mountain Dew in my hand, Rusty. Hey. I love it. I can't help it. I, you know, that's just how it is. But if we want to have a rally for Jesus, listen, we've got to come back to God. We have got to confess our sins and just let him take over. It's simple. Just let him do what he wants to do. I don't know where you are this morning as far as your your spiritual life. You don't know where I am, but I can tell you this. I stand in a need of prayer. So I can be the pastor that God wants me to be. I stand in need of prayer. So when I preach, it'll be the power of God and not me, okay? I have nothing to give except my body. And I give it as a living sacrifice. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch hearts, touch lives. Lord, I stand in need Lord, I thank you for already making that deposit through Jesus Christ's blood. I thank you that every time I come back, every time I return, I get that deposit. God, I love you and I thank you so much for allowing me to be pastor here. Lord, I thank you for my people. But Lord, I'm burdened and I beg you for those who are inactive, Lord, that they might come back. Lord, I beg you for those people that are even here this morning who don't come back on Sunday night. God, give them a nudge to at least come during this time of rally for Jesus. Burden them, Lord. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'd touch hearts, that you'd touch lives, that you'd have your will and your way not mine. And Lord, I just want to thank you and praise you for all that you do for us. We ask it in the name of Jesus. 
Amen. If you're lost.